Good morning, and welcome to Obreeders Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 13, 2016. Today we are reading from the Big Book in the forward to the second edition, and we are at page XIX. Today's readers are on the 12 Steps, Stacey K., 12 Traditions, Anita L., and the readers of the text are Martha Z., Deanna B., and Lisa H. The reference number for Monday, December 12th, is 9349. That's 9349. OA Preamble. Obreers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Stacey Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Katie. This is Stacey Kay from Colorado. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Thank you, Stacey. I will now ask Anita L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the forward to the second edition, and we are on page XIX, the last paragraph. I will ask, Martha Z to begin reading. And good morning, Katie. This is Martha C. Um, thank you for your loving service. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. While the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this, there were two principal reasons. The large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. These made their impression everywhere. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they didn't want the program, but great numbers of these, about two out of three, began to return 
as time passed. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, so it starts out by saying public acceptance grew by leaps and bounds, and, and they talked about the two principal reasons, large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. And I want to share my experience with that later, but I just want to talk about what it said first. And and so this next paragraph, I love this paragraph because there is so much hope in it. So they're, what they're saying is 75%, they had 75% success rate. I, that's so incredibly hopeful. And I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, hmm, where did I, I fall in here? And I'd be in the 25% sobered up after some relapses. Um, but what they were doing really worked. And and then, the, then they, the last thing that they commented on was they were saying that, you know, there were people that thought that, that this wasn't going to work for them and they left, but that actually two out of three, so, you know, uh, 60, <laughs> over 60% of them came back. So, and, and they showed improvement. Um, anyway, so I think, you know, we can't, I know AA can't, and we can't boast those kind of numbers today. And um, we've often talked about how we've, AA and OA, we've gotten away from the directions in the big book. And I, I think that that's one of the reasons that, if this is my opinion, but uh, that Vision for You has probably has a much better success rate than than the regular other parts of OA because we are getting back to to the truth to you know to the instructions to the big book. And anyway, so I, what I wanted to share my experience and and it says large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes and. Um, well, I, I thought I was one of those people that thought that I'd be restored to sanity, but not in this lifetime. And um, so it was a true miracle that I could actually be, after struggling for 12 years, um, be restored to sanity, to, to actually um, have the obsession lifted and to not be struggling with it and not be fighting it anymore. And and that is totally rem- you know, just, just a miracle. But the reunited homes part, I I think that, you know, I, I often talked about abs- after abstinence then what. And so I think that that comes in in the improved relationships and, and miracles, things that can happen in the relationships that you just, I, I just pretty much left in God's hands and just said, you know, you only you can make this right. And um, I, I found that to be true, especially with my mom. And, and um, we have a very difficult family situation where my mom and brother are estranged from my sister. And my brother used to say to me, oh, I think if anything could be done, you'll probably be the one. And and I pretty much left that in God's hands, too. And, and I'm starting to see now that things are happening where I, I, felt I, I have always been in the middle. That's always been my role. And my younger daughter said something about, you know, that's always been your role, you know, to kind of mediate and keep the peace and and it and it really looks like there is a possibility of, you know, some healing and restoration there too. And and if it's God's will, I'm you know, I'm praying that I can continue to be a good instrument there. So I just I just find that you know, just so much hope. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Have a great day.
Thank you, Martha. Okay, who would like to share on this paragraph? Harlan this G. is Bella. Can I share? Larry. Kim J. Okay. Zen B. Okay, I have Harlan, um, Bella, Larry, Kim G, and Zen. Anyone else? Paula D. Paula D. Tina S. Tina S. Okay, <clears throat> let's go with those. Um, so Harlan G, you're up, followed by yeah. Bella. Harlan G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you, Team Tuesday, for your service. Um, we take a look at this paragraph, and we look at it in the time frame in which it was written, 37 and 38, published in April of 39. For thousands of years, people have philosophized prior to this about what alcoholism was. Nobody had a cure. Nobody had a solution. There were snake oil salesmen who would try to get people to spend their money on something that, of course, didn't work. There were institutions, insane asylums, hospitals, treatment centers, and they didn't turn out winners either. People would often get drunk on the way home from the treatment center, as we learned in the history uh, with Bill Dotson. He said, I would often get drunk on the way home from here. And here in the cave, the, sh the, the filthy, dirty, freezing, cold, nightmarish cave of alcoholism was something that worked and something that was free, something that was given freely by people who were qualified to give it because they spoke and understood the language of the heart. We take a look at these numbers. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder of those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. It has been my privilege, my honor, to have done big book studies in 37 of the states of the United States and a province of Canada. We can't talk in OA about 75% recovery today. We can't talk about 50% recovery. We can't talk about 5% recovery today. We are lucky if one and a half, two percent 2%, and that's a high estimate, of the people that are stumbling into OA today are recovering. I have often said that every OA meeting should have Dutch doors with the top nailed shut because if we don't crawl in on our bellies, we're probably not going to stay. What is the chief difference? What is the chief difference? The chief difference is we have watered down the program and we have distracted we have distracted people that have come in. As was eloquently said the other day by Kim G. You come into an OA meeting today, you're not going to be sure whether it's a nine tool program or a twelve step program. You're not going to be sure whether it's a recipe program or group therapy and that's why our numbers have plummeted and that's why we suffer what we suffer today it's time to get back to the big book the renaissance of OA is in the vision for you movement excuse me the renaissance of OA is in the vision for you movement not just because of the quality of the people but because of our adherence 
and our dedication and our passion for the big book, which is the program of recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Harlan. Okay, Bella G., you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. Uh, you know, you see the hope in this paragraph. And to me, what I want to talk today is in reunited homes. Yes, reunited homes. And this is what happened to me by being in the program. You know, none of my family is going to the program. But only by me that I am changing my attitude, I am changing my belief, I am changing, you know, from being self-centered to and connected to my ego, I am connected now to a loving, accepting power. Yes, everybody around me is changing. And yes, you know, we are going through challenges in life, some of them very painful, some of them, you know, they are hard challenges. And even though it's, it's unbelievable, it's a miracle how me, with my husband, with, you know, with other family members, we are just acting different. We are not into this resentment, this fear, this anger, this jealousy. And everything is only because I am changing. I am not in that level of jealousy, of competition, of I can do it. And if I can do it, it means that something is wrong with me. It's like, you know, people just get the message that, you know, we are connected to a loving, accepting power. And yes, I am powerless. I am powerless. And by me, by accepting others that they are powerless too, it's just homes are getting reunited. And my home, for sure. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Bella. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Kim G. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know, it's funny. Um, in AA, there's no great discussion on the uh, on the proper plan of drinking. <clears throat> Some people drink juice, I guess, water, milk. milk. They they may have you know, three, four, five, six glasses of liquid placed four to six hours in between. They may not drink anything in between. You know, um, th- there's no discussion about it. That you put your alcohol down. I guess you get a plan of drinking, right? You'll die much faster if you don't drink liquid than if you don't eat. Isn't that a, isn't that a fact? Certainly a fact. Oh, they have a plan of drinking. They just don't pick up alcohol, not even a little bit, not even a little bit. And I've seen them. I've been to the meetings of AA, and I see they come in, and they, they have all kinds of different drinks with them. They have Many have water. Some even have soda, pop, whatever you call it. Some have juice. Some drink coffee. 
They don't have a, a plan of drinking necessarily other than to not drink alcohol. They don't have to call their sponsor if they're going to have a change. They've committed four to six ounces of apple juice. Is that absurd? And no, uh, I can't get apple juice. I'm going to get tomato juice. I better call my sponsor. As if calling their sponsor, that's what's going to change their heart and change and reduce their ego and help them to move from a, a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. Now, that's, that's absurd, right? Doesn't it sound absurd? And yet that's what we do. One of the questions I have to continually ask myself is, are my actions today helping to unify OA as a society, strengthen its message of hope and recovery? You know, is what I'm doing today helping others to become untethered from the bondage of food? And I don't want to sound melodramatic, but I really believe that we're in a period today in OA that, you know, perhaps it's a revolutionary period, a wholesale movement, to, to ensure that we're around 100 years from now because, you know, what if my great-great-grandchild has the same, you know, thing that I have? And, and will, they have, will they have to join the procession of chronic compulsive overeaters marching to the drumbeat of, uh, you know, towards their graves with a knife and a fork in their hands? Or will they have a place they can come to change, to become unblocked from their higher power? This is about a process of change, not about a drinking plan or a food plan. Of course you have to put your your alcohol down, your alcoholic foods down. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Kim G., you're up, followed by Zen. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at first decided they didn't want the program. But great numbers of these, about two or out of three, began to return as time passed. You know, I mean, I think this is a beautiful part to read as we're coming up to New Year's resolution time. You know, a lot of people are going to be returning to the rooms of OA again. You know, I personally believe there's this sacred moment, the sacred moment when someone's ears and heart is open and they hear a clear message. You know, for me personally, I came in in 1994. In 1996, I got to see the famous Joe and Charlie, not knowing who they were. They came to Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And I was blown away by the, by the clear message that I heard. But how I remember walking out of that meeting and thinking, whew, Thank God I'm only a compulsive overeater, and all I need is a food plan and meetings. So it didn't matter how clear that message was. My eyes, my ears, my eyes, and my heart weren't open to it. You know, when they're talking about this recovery rate, this was in the 1940s and 50s when there were two AAs. There was AA the Fellowship, and there was AA the Big Book. And there was no difference between the two. And that's one of the reasons I believe the recovery rate was so strong. In the 1960s and 70s, when rehab started to really come in, what was introduced was something called an open discussion meeting. And they got away from the book and they said, let's just talk about resentment. Let's talk about divorce. Let's talk about parole officers. And I have to tell you, my experience coming in the 90s is that we would read from some piece of literature in Overeaters Anonymous or some AA books, and then somebody would go, you know what, I just need to get current. And then we hear about their boss, their kid, their husband, nothing to do with the readings. You know, one of the things I love about A Vision for You is in our format it says, our total focus is on the big book and the directions in here and what it means to us. I mean, honestly, most of my meetings, 
and you know, over in Namas over the years, they felt like fifth steps. People were just regurgitating on the meeting. Think about this meeting. And all it is is a healthy over and anonymous meeting. But how many of you even know what I do for a living, or if I'm married or have kids, or if Larry's, with Larry's situation, or Harlan's, or Leia's? Because we're focused 100% on this solution. You know, in January, we're going to have a lot of new people coming in. And I'm very excited because it looks like the spirit of the universe has devised that we're going to be starting the doctor's opinion in January. So as we are gearing up for people returning, as individuals, as our home groups, as our face-to-face -face meetings, as our inner groups, what are we doing to capture those people that are returning again, coming back from yet another relapse, hoping for some hope? Because I have to tell you, as a recovered person, I feel my job is to make sure that the message I deliver is clear. Because God forbid I'm in a bad mood and, and shout BS when the, someone's ears and heart is open. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Zen, you're up, followed by Paula D. Hi, my name is Zen B. Uh, from London, UK, I'm a recovered compulsive avoider for today, and um, I read, uh, we read, um, some showed improvement. For me, this is an understatement. Uh, I arrived in OA in May 2013, and uh, I wish, I, mean, I cannot say it's been a slow evolution. It's been a spiritual revolution. I mean, at the moment, I'm ex examining my relationship um, before OA, and at the beginning of OA, I was, I was crazy. Not only food was the solution to all my problems, but people, people were as well. And today, when I examine my relationship, I'm in deep pain. But I'm in deep pain abstinently. And this is a blessing. Even if I'm suffering emotionally, every single step, um, I say to my higher power how grateful I am for the courage to feel, to face these emotions sober and abstinent. And talking about reunited we, we homes, um, I used to hate my mother before program. I mean, she's a, she's a compulsive overeater. I mean, I hated her. I had to go to too many eating disorder hospitals. Today, I love her. I have a lot of compassion for her. I set boundaries with her. She's still a compulsive overeater. She still compulsively exercises, but I do know she's doing the best with what she had, have, has, and unfortunately, she doesn't have the room. I'd like to talk about my son as well. I mean, I was so scared each time he used to, to eat unhealthy food. I, I became crazy. I mean, every single day was difficult. Today, our relationship is amazing. His food is his business. That's not, that's not my business. I love him. He's a spiritual flower. I'm blessed to have him in my life. And I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope that my family situation will go better and better. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zen. Okay, Paula D., you're up, followed by Tina F. 
And thank you, and thank you for this opportunity given. This is Paula D. in Burger, New Hampshire. We are coming to this pot, and I'd like to just just look at this for a moment, and I'm going to show you the 100%, or you can break it down if you want to, but we're talking about people here. And I was in every place that we mentioned here. 100% showed improvement. That's huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and then you want to break it up? And I was there, 50% got sober, and they remained that way. There was a time, 25%, I was in there too, sobered up after some relapses. But this 100%, I don't know when and I don't know where and how it takes place, but something takes place. And I'm just going to share for a moment, and uh, no, this is not AA approved, but I want to share about a person called Helen Keller. What happened that day, and if you remember the story, over and over, Ann would work at her, and she'd show her water, water, tree. She couldn't get it. What happened that day when she put her hand under the water, and the water poured over her hand, and she understood. She put the word together. This is water. And then a whole new world opened up to her. I don't know how and when that happens, but I will tell you it does. And you may say, oh, the percentage is small, but oh, what a difference that one woman made in that child's life. So never underestimate the 3% that they cannot move on, that they cannot move on and touch other people's lives. Oh, the work may be difficult, but oh, the rewards far, far outweigh the so may I just say here, you know, maybe I'm looking at it unrealistically. Some would say, no, I don't think so, because I understand happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I do pass. Thank you for allowing me this time. Thank you, Paula. Tina S., you're up. Thanks, Katie. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Great stuff here. You know, I, too, uh, fit in all those categories that they're giving us the percentages of, and I really liked it. You know, that was then, and this is now, and so what can I do today so that uh, maybe these percentages increase? You know, and, um, you know, one of the things that I know for sure is when I came in, there were uh, several reasons I wanted to stay, and and they list the two reasons that, uh, you know, there are two principal reasons, you know, why AA group by leaps and bounds, and and one of them was, you know, the uh, the large number of recoveries in reunited homes, and and for me, you know, it, it's one of those things where when I got here, I wanted to see, you know, I heard a lot of things. By the time I got here, I have tried a lot of things. I've heard people say a lot of stuff that worked for them that never worked for me because on my own, let me just tell you, I can ruin anything. And uh, what I liked about this paragraph and what I heard was that 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 recovery comes about through a psychic change, you know, and if I want to be recovered, there's some things that I have to do. And and it's a program of action, you know. And and what I know today is I am well equipped with the ability to live life on life's terms with a power greater than myself. On my own, not so much. And so, so it was the attraction that brought me back you know I think more I am with the ones at the end of this paragraph but great numbers of uh, let's see the people that didn't want the program you know because I when I first got here all I wanted was a diet and I got that and I was pretty successful for a period of time and then it 
it didn't work when it didn't work, when I wasn't working it anymore. So when I come back, I needed something that was going to change me so that I could live. And uh, and so, you know, I was one of those ones that came back and re- that returned as time passed because I, I certainly wasn't getting an answer out there again, and I had no place else to go. So I came back here. And, and with that, I'll pass. Glad I'm staying. Thank you. Tina S. would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Yes, Chris Julie M. Uh, Danielle O. from New York. Okay, Abasa, um, Julie, I think you said K, and um, no, Julie M. Okay, Vasa O, oh, Julie M. And Chris there G. was someone, Chris there, G, yeah. and there was Sarah W, and there was someone with a D after Julie M. Uh, Danielle O oh, from New York. Okay. And, um, oh, Chrissy G. And there was a gentleman I missed. I thought, anyway, maybe not. Okay, let's go with Vasa O, Julie M, Daniel O, Chrissy G, and Sarah W. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Florida. And looking at this paragraph, looking at the percentages, I was a 0% when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, uh, I failed and failed over and over, and there was no more hope for me. And how lucky and how blessed I was to have found uh, this program. And uh, and I'm so grateful that I, I did not leave the program. And I believe me, I did come to lose the weight at the beginning. I said, oh, I'm just going to come and I'm going to lose the weight and I'm going to leave. And I... Thank God that I stayed and listened to people that had gone before me, you know, and people had failed, gone. They go, they come back, some of them return. And I, and I was there to hear all the stories. And it's, it was, it's very painful when I see people going out there into the food, you know, because there's just so much pain and suffering that goes with it. And... Um, there was no more places for me to go to explore. So this was the place where I found hope. And yes, you know, I did throw myself into the meetings and I did throw up into, threw on myself in the, I, I didn't throw up, I threw myself into the tools and 12 steps and the 12, gradually, the 12 traditions. And I, again, I didn't want to die. My mother died from this disease before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, and I saw the pain, and I was going through the same pain. And I thank God I was young enough when I came. It wasn't too late for me, you know. It was too late. For some people, it's just too late, you know. And they don't come back. I've, you know, I had a friend that passed on because of this disease. And, uh, and again, I am so free you know, and it was, it just felt, and when I heard this was a free program, that was even better. It didn't cost anything. If I had a dollar to put in the basket, it's wonderful. And, of course, I always made point to put money there compared to the money that we spent on health clubs and diets and this other stuff. You know, it was nothing. Um, and I wanted to recover 
like those hundred people, men and women did. And I remember just hearing the, the direction and take the focus over everything else, Vasa, that you did in the in before I came to, to the big book. Take the focus of everything else that you did. It not work. Just follow the direction. And it was such a freedom. I didn't have to be looking out there, here and there, looking for my solution. And this is the softer, easier way. And my 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 you know, for me is to pass it on to others if they want to work it, you know. Um, I did throw myself, I took an action, and I still do. Thank you, and I passed. Thank you, Vasa. Julie M., you're up, followed by Danielle O. Julie M., press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Julie M., good morning. I'm recovering in Meadowland, Colorado. <clears throat> Um, I want to comment on the part that talks about the large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. And it reminds me of a time, probably about six years ago, towards the beginning of my recovery, when I was yelling at my kids, which I felt very justified in doing, and that was the way I dealt with things. And they started laughing at me and pointing at me and saying, look mom's whole mouth and it was a moment where I it was almost like an out-of-body experience and I realized my children referred to me as the Hulk and now we laugh about it but in that moment I was mortified and now I have a relationship with my kids where they share things with me and I think it was a couple summers ago, my, my kids were having a hard time with their dad. And my son looked at me and said, you know, Mom, we used to have two parents that reacted this way, that blamed everybody and yelled and screamed. And then you changed. You, you started going to those meetings and something's different. And you don't do that anymore. So now we have one parent that blames and one parent that doesn't. And I attribute my relationship with my children to my recovery. I could not have the relationship I have with them today if I was still in the food, but it's not just the food that has changed in my life. It is my relationships with people. It's my ability to deal with anything and everything that comes my way with grace and with calm and with serenity from working the steps. And I'm so grateful with that I pass. Thank you much. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, Danielle O, you're up, followed by Chrissy G. Hi, everyone. Danielle, compulsive overeaters. I am so grateful to be on this meeting. I haven't been on this meeting a whole lot, and I'm rethinking of some of the things that happened to me when I first got here. I wasn't very accepting of um, this plan, this way of life. And uh, I, I, I kind of really kind of wanted to reject it, but the fact was is I, I had a problem. I look, I look where I am right now and the healthy weight and the healthy lifestyle I have. And, and going back to when I first got here, I was, I was in a big mess. And so with that came a lot of um, mistakes, slips, and relapses. And 
I had been sober in another time. Oh, okay, I'm sober in quite a bit of time, too. And I thought, this can't be so difficult. Yeah, it was very difficult because it was probably, and is, my primary addiction. And I couldn't understand that when I first got here. How could, how could I even think that um, this mental obsession and this uh, allergy was going to keep me from being um, the, 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 the full person I wanted to be? And yet there it was. I, I was faced with it every day. I, I, I watched a lot of people come and go out of, um, out of sobriety. And, and by being here for a little bit of time in OA, I've also noticed that I've watched people come and go, including myself. And yet the only, the only real solution has been to stay because there's, there's only, there is really only one solution. And for me... <laughs> And it's hard to impart that on other people because uh, that's just not how they think or want to think, much like the way I was. So I get, I get where a lot of people struggle with getting um, abstinent because it's not an easy thing to have to comprehend. I, I'm grateful that I, I came and I, I'm still here and that I have a healthy life and that everything has gone well for me, but it didn't come easy. And uh, to be able to be there for other people, to watch them grow in, in a way, and to watch a spontee grow in, in a personal way has been um, such a gift. So I know that it works. I'm grateful that it works. I'm glad that I'm here. I'm grateful to be able to be on this meeting this morning. I need more of these morning meetings to connect with the good words and be able to lift me to the place where I'm not screaming and yelling at anyone either because I have a tendency to do that occasionally. So grateful to be here this morning. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Danielle. Chrissy G., you're up, followed by Sarah W. Good morning. This is Chris G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut. Very grateful. Thank you all for being here. Um, I, I know that if I didn't, if God didn't lead me to this meeting um, as um, back in June that I probably would not have stayed going to the local meetings around here. It makes me so sad that um, the energy in the rooms around here is just so sick, you know, just so sick. And um, I'm grateful that I get to go and carry this message that I have been so blessed and that my my family is reunited in um, a way that is very subtle. Uh, my kids are observing me and my behaviors now, and and they're they're treating me differently because I'm not acting crazy and unstable. And not that I was overtly unstable, but just in those, in my inconsistencies and, and, and just my insanity and my isolation and my explosiveness when I couldn't control them. Um, sorry about the bus. Um, I'm just so grateful. And I, and I know that I had to go out after showing up at OA back in somewhere around 2005 and uh, I think I went a couple of times and left and uh, the reasoning 
there was no reasoning other than I wasn't desperate enough. And then I came back maybe in 2012 and it resonated so deeply, but I left again because I was not ready to surrender my will, had no idea what that meant and needed to get to that gift of desperation. And thank you, God, you know, I, I did crawl in on my belly and, and I just invite and encourage those who are suffering to, to believe, just believe, have hope that, that this program does work and you're not special. <laughs> if you work it and if you allow God to be obedient, uh, to, to, to discipline you and, and for you to just be obedient to the guidance that is on this line, you can recover. You can absolutely recover. Get out of your head. I know when I came into this program, I was in my head. I wanted to figure it out. It was mental masturbation, you know, and, and I just needed to stop giving any attention to my head and my thoughts and just listen and o- obey and be disciplined by this program and my fellows. And I am so grateful and I pray for us all today. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Chris G. Sarah W., you're up. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service today. Sarah W., very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Iowa. Um, I wanted to talk about these made their impressions everywhere. You know, the fact that uh, there were a large number of recoveries and reunited homes, and I think um, we really can affect so many people, uh, all of us. You know, just one person, the ripple effect that happens from one person uh, in our families, but not only in our families, in our workplaces. And You know, people really notice. People notice how we behave and how we react, you know, uh, whether it be about food or about just life, about how we... Uh, deal with, you know, trauma and, and crisis, and um, and that we we remain um, principled. And um, I was uh, I was thinking about um, the first sentence that it talks about. It says, while the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were being ironed out, uh, public acceptance of AA group by leaps and bounds. You know, we don't get perfect. And and most of us don't have a linear path. As you can hear, you know, anybody that's coming in uh, new or is in uh, is in the food now, you know, most of us have been there. And I think what was stated with the first share about hope is so important. You know, when I when I think about this, I think about the idea that first I have to really fully concede to my innermost self that I have this issue. And until I have come to that place, I'm going to blounder around. You know, this was the last place on the block for me, but I left here. I left here thinking somehow I could do it my way. And that defiance really got me in so much trouble, uh, not only with food, but behaviors and attitudes and, and hurtful things that I did with people. <clears throat> and as was stated, I also have had some beautiful moments with my grandchildren that have said things to me like, Nana, you're so kind. I mean, if you knew what I did with my grandkids, 
you know, crazy things, yelling and screaming and hitting. Uh, so we do become so different, but it really is about change. And it's not us that changes. It's the steps that do change us as we work through and acknowledge. And it's really a lot of it is about self-forgiveness and, and accepting other people for who they are and not demanding them be different. And that's such a big piece of recovery. And I'm so grateful. I do also believe that, that OA is coming into a new place. But I have to be very careful not to diminish anything around me and just keep on supporting what I feel is, is good. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And um, we have just time for a couple more shares on this paragraph. Linda R. Um, okay, Linda D from Connecticut. So was it B or G? D. As in Ma'am. Bravo. Okay, Nancy D. R. I don't know. Okay, D. I'm sorry. Okay, Linda D., Sue B., and Nancy R. We'll go out with those three. Thank you. Go ahead. Is it Linda R. or Linda D.? Linda D. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I heard Linda R. first. Okay, I did hear Linda R. I thought I had it wrong. Okay, sorry. Linda R. first, and then Linda D., if we have time, you'll be after Nancy R. Thanks. Good morning. Can you hear me? Okay, thank you. Yes. Hi, good morning. Go Thank you so much for your service. And Linda D., I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, I'm listening to the conversation and what keeps coming into my mind is keep coming back. It works when you work it. And when I first came into the program, I heard that. It was like a mantra at every meeting. But I didn't really know what it meant to work it. What does this mean? You know, and I believe so firmly in perseverance because if I didn't persevere, I wouldn't be here. You know, that's one of the principles of the steps. So I just want to share that because, um, you know, I've been around many, many years, and until I really surrendered my will to a higher power that was very personal to me, I wasn't really able to trust or turn my life over with the food. I could do it with everything else, but I couldn't do it with the food. And every, um, there's layers in the program, and as I am in a recovered state today, I get to practice every day. Not perfectly, you know, working the steps, working the program. Now I'm working on relationships. And as a result of the spiritual enlightenment and closeness to something greater than me, I'm able to really fine-tune that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Sue B., you're up. Sue from Connecticut. Okay, uh, Nancy R., go ahead. Hi, good morning. I'm Nancy R. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive reader. You know, this paragraph is so powerful. I would label it, you know, if I need a label for the paragraph, I would label it, you can't lose with the stuff we use. I, um, I fit in, uh, the cat- in several of the categories. I, I left for 10 years came back 100 pounds heavier, and I was, for a long time, I was one of the ones that showed improvement because I stayed around, you know, and then eventually I was able to uh, uh, sober up after some relapses, and 
And then three years ago, uh, my high power blessed me with a sponsor who suggested I listen to Visions for You. And I cannot say I hadn't heard the message before, but uh, for some some reason and somehow, uh, this format, uh, the stoppers came out of my ears, and it was almost like I was hearing the tune for the first time that I could recover. I didn't believe I could recover. I just felt that I could get better, and I'm grateful. I am so grateful that I remained because I lost 100 pounds, and I was able to keep it off even though I was slipping and sliding. Uh, so I don't count any experiences for naught. It was, this was part, it was part of my journey. I'm happy this fellowship exists even in its uh, imperfect state because had I not stayed, I have no telling of where I would have ended up. I'm just grateful for OA, um, and I'm even uh, more grateful that I found recovery. And I didn't know that recovery was possible. So today I give thanks to uh, all of those meetings, all those different uh, rooms I tried out. I'm grateful for them. They helped save my life. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, has um, Sue come back? Okay, Linda go D. ahead. Linda D., you're up. Yeah. Me? Linda, Linda D. D. Yes. yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm thrilled, so grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, recently, I celebrated an anniversary of uh, recovery four years. That's impossible. That is impossible. That is incredible. I've been in OA 34 years, and I've gone through all those stages. And so what I wanted to say was what you hear on this line, if you've been around for a while, or if you, even if you're brand new, it's not too good to be true. You're not so sick you can't get well. And I do believe and have said to my sponsor many times, and she agrees too, that the Vision for You format is uh, a renaissance in um, OA, a much-needed one. People are dying like flies. And I am so grateful for my family. I was able to be there, help my parents pass over and tell them I love them, do hospice and all of that stuff. And I'm single and I live with animals that are four-footed, and they greet me when I come in. Uh, They're not afraid. And that means a lot to me because everybody scattered when I came in. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now... um uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Deanna B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Uh, this is Deanna B., recovered compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you. I passed.